like scary stories If you like tasty beers Open up your mouth holes And open up your ears For... the go-go boot time welcome Every- to the go-go boot hour everybody get ready to go you know what i learned about today what? bob's got the cold open you guys you guys oh, are you guys bob's excited got about the cold this open yeah he he told me and i was like oh my god that's it a woman says she found true love and had children with a roller coaster that's right a roller coaster not just this any roller chuck tingle book the new this york post in the ass by my roller coaster lover pa- the new york no. post reports talk about a relationship with a lot of ups and downs <laughs> wow <laughs> of course it's the gail yeah. angel claims she has long been sexually attracted mm-hmm. to inanimate objects oh yeah but she says okay. she didn't know true passion okay. until she fell for a German roller coaster. Not, not. Oh, they're the sexiest roller coasters. I mean, they're smooth. You could say uh-huh. I'm sexually drawn to roller coasters, but since I met the Skyscream roller coaster, I understood what love is. I understood what, what love is. She's written songs. I guarantee you, this bitch has like got songs about her unrequited love. I spend every moment dreaming of a carnal and fusional relationship with it. I've never been on a roller coaster I've wanted to fuck. Oh, no. She's been sexually... Roller coaster. (laughs) Been sexually attracted to objects since she was 12. Oh, boy. Okay. Was she abused as a child? Because my guess is maybe probably. No, absolutely not. She's a painter Love is love, Melly. Love is love. And has had three serious romantic human relationships, but found them all to be traumatic. Oh, okay, oh. that's fair. You know what? I mean, true. So Let's I guess be honest, after they're all traumatic. I will not philosophize on these relationships that ruined my life. Whoa, ruined. But ruined. It, it was only suffering, physical and moral. She said, "The men moral I suffering. the men I dated had a lot of issues with alcohol and was a hard time for me." Which well, is sad. I mean, that's also on you, boo. You. Dated alcoholics. However, yeah. this skyscream, I feel very confident. Every oh. time you say it, I hear ice cream in my head. No, it is skyscream, a scream in the sky. I like to fuck ice cream. She Sometimes. probably has. He's con. There are photographs. Really? There are photographs of this woman with a little toy roller coaster. Oh, you know and that's, that's her been child. In- no, no. The the roller coaster she probably shoves in her vagina. And she also. But how does she have a baby with this roller coaster? Sk- yeah, you skip to that part. I'm getting to the. I'm, I'm, I'm going down here. Spiral. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Skyscream sky inspires me a lot with everything I draw and write. Oh, is she a painter? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Oh. Um. Yeah, Bob, sometimes when you're not the one actively telling the story, you don't always listen very well. I know. As somebody who never remembers what happened after the show, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Okay, here we go. Un, uh, there are even models that I made that are totally new inventions. So you could say that I have Skyscream's kids. Oh, okay. So they're okay. not. So she real made a model. Children. She made a model, and the model of is their baby. Is their love? She played roller coaster tycoon yep. on her on her MacBook Pro. Yes. And yes. she said, "These are our children." Yes. Skyscream, look at our babies. <laughs> Yes, and then she crafted them like those weird people that buy those like real-looking doll babies. Oh my God, the real baby dolls! Yeah, and that's what she's created with her roller coaster of love. Oh, honey. Um, I mean, I mean, look. I'm. I would love to get a beer with this woman and like really dig into some details and figure some things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because she can't. She doesn't own this roller coaster. No. no. So she can never be alone with this roller coaster. No. So my guess is she has taken the model train version of the roller coaster. No, this is and a child. Insulted. No. And then she just. Or do you think she just rides the roller coaster? She asked to be sat alone. Yeah. Yeah. And then she just 
flicks the bean while furiously t- while riding or yeah, can she have- just look at it from afar like park in the park park her car in the parking lot and then lot, flick her bean flick it her depends bean on the if privacy she can af- of her own vehicle it depends on if she can afford the uh, entrance fee for the park that day. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe from afar. My you know, because sometimes maybe it's a tall skyscraper. Like, how you can see certain uh, rides from Disneyland from the freeway. I bet this lady's an exhibitionist. And she's about people knowing that she fucks this roller coaster. That's the I only thing that makes any sense. I'm assuming she has some sort of season pass to this park. I mean, oh, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's definitely a money. I mean, look, she's licked this ride. Like people see her coming, they're like, "Oh god!" She will spare no expense for her love. No. What happens if she shows up and the ride is broken? Oh my god, that's the end of their Would relationship. I wonder. He's dead. Like, what if they got rid of the ride? You know what I mean? Like, what if they oh rebranded it? What if they like refurbished it? Like, what if you fell yeah. in the Tower of Terror and then you show up one day and, and it's, it's Guardians fucking, of the Galaxy? It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my God! No, I would. Oh, she might have a mental. You got break. a new style. It's strange. I, I mean, you could still love is love. You know, I think it's. I don't want to say weird. I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum. I, I would have a lot of questions for this woman. It's curious. It makes me curious. I mean, like, fucking Tesla loved pigeons, you know? True. Yeah, and that man was a genius. You don't sit around here calling him some kind of stupid weirdo. Oh, I no, mean, we no, definitely a... did call him a stupid weirdo when I did my Patreon. Well, I didn't. Oh, he loved pigeons. Yeah. In a way, a this particular woman... particular pigeon. ...loves her, uh, her train and her weird now model children. Yeah, the pigeon to me is weirder to be sexually attracted to another living thing that can't reciprocate... Versus a roller coaster, which can't reciprocate. Right. Yeah, know? but that that roller coaster can definitely put some rumble in your jungle, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably like imagine it's an old timey wooden coaster, so it's like clickety clackety. <laughs> it's like it's vibrate. She's basically a giant vibrator. She's falling yeah. in love with her giant vibrator ride. Hang on, I'm gonna look. Sky scream. Look, tell me what kind of ride very this is. Roller and to coaster. like who like. Good for this woman. I think you're right, Bob. I think she is an exhibitionist because why would you tell the newspaper? Right. Oh, my God. This this fucking thing is intense. Oh, maybe that's why is she's falling. Is it like a Six Flags ride? Like a lot of upside it, down it is, loops? So it appears that you are suspended. Okay. And it's this fucking thing ride. twists while flipping and flips while twisting. I don't know. It looks so it's like, like Batman. Looks like you do a lot of screaming in the sky from what I can see. Yeah. Um, Aptly named. Maybe no. she's also doing this for her art because she is an artist. Oh, and maybe this whole thing is art. Uh-huh. Because I'm married to an artist and y'all are weird. Love you. I'm not even going to respond to that. I know. It's but not worth it. Maybe. Have you ever felt sexually attracted to an inanimate object? I don't know. According to my wife, maybe. For your art? For yeah. your art? Yep, absolutely. Like I, a really there, good pen? I have never been... He's I, cranking it to the pen he's holding right now. I ah, have... Some really smooth paper. This micron pen? 28 ah. to 29 pens jammed directly up my ass at all times and at least two in the pee hole. 28 to 29. You never, you never make it to a full 30? Uh, I, you, you ever know, go for the full three? three we're working. Oh? We're working up to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I need to buy a few more pens first. <laughs> gotcha. There's some gauging happening. Yeah. There's some gauging happening. Fit. Right. It's it, you're widening your ear holes. That's work yeah. your way up to a jumbo tip. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You yeah. kind of you kind because I mean like they're they're not super usable after they've been um, inserted. In, yeah. Dear, please. Oh, Have sorry. a little respect for my relationship. Inserted with your dear, please. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Wife, have some respect for me and my ass pens. Yes. Speaking of Thank ass. you. It, your friend understands. That's <laughs> weird that I do, but I do. <laughs> Speaking of ass pens. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome oh. to the Booze and Brews podcast. We are the podcast where we tell each other ghost stories. We we drink thematically appropriate beer, and apparently we're all ass pens. Yeah, apparently we're cool with just ass pens. Should be just general ass penery. Look, yeah. y- you do you. Yeah, you know, I will. Don't worry. Yeah, like the pen doesn't mind, the roller coaster doesn't mind. Fire yeah. bliss, lady, Who? German lady. You want to fuck? You want to flick yourself on a roller coaster? Go for it. Make sure there aren't kids around. Yeah, because that's just a lot. Of, that's a lot of questions that are going to be asked and. 
possible charges being pressed against you. Yeah. Just I be mean, careful. Speaking of fucking roller coasters, there's no transition there away is from none. that story. Uh, there is none. Speaking of story. flicking the bean to inanimate objects. Uh, speaking of beans. Hey, there it is. There yes. Oh, I like that there. one. That was good. Oh, uh, good job, friend. Yeah. So this week, our beer is our beer is from Brewyard Beer Company, um, which is where are you based? Glendale. We've actually had them uh, when we were drink when you still lived here. Oh, many, many moons ago. Many, many moons ago. Uh, so many packing excursions ago. Since then, yeah. At least um, last year. Yes. Uh, so this is um, called Stupid and Contagious. It's a West Coast double IPA. That's right. It's a double double. That's right. And so we thought, well, Stupid and Contagious, and it's clearly Nirvana themed. It has like a screenshot from the music video. There's Kurt. Right there, all blurred out. Yeah, he's all blurry, so as not to incur any sort of royalty, royalty or licensing. Yes, a uh, right of yes. publicity issue. Here. It's definitely a Nirvana callback, though. But for it sure. is the "Smells Like Teen Spirit" music video. Yeah, even the like logo looks a little. Yep. Oh yeah, that's like the little Nirvana. Yeah, then the Nevermind thing for sure. Yep. So anyway, we thought, hey, Nirvana tie. Where are they from? Seattle. Seattle. So let's do Haunted Seattle. Yeah. Genius. Let's do it. Yep. We're so, we're so good at making so good. ties. God, we're the best. We're so good at ties. Yeah. <laughs> Birds are dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Which led um, to the greatest episode ever recorded on this oh show. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm up first this week and I'm going to tell you about the Hotel Sorrento. Ooh, I almost did this one. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, I really double checked to make sure we hadn't done it I before. Because I, I was like, this is a pretty good story. Uh, but uh, that just goes to show you there's plenty of there there. That's right. You know? That's right. Plenty of there there. So the Hotel Sorrento is an Italian Renaissance style hotel, which mm. is located in the First Hill neighborhood of Seattle. Now, what distinguishes an Italian Renaissance hotel from like a regular ass hotel? No pizza um, hands. It's, so the hotel is, it's all like a bricky exterior. I think a lot of the historical elements come from the arched doorways and arched windows. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I think that's where a lot of the style comes from. Also, the building is sort of um, like like V-shaped. Yes. Like it's got two wings. Oh. Yeah, it looks like that where it's like main door in the middle. Sure. And then it so like you go in, in the middle and then you go to like east wing or yeah. west wing. Italians famous for V-shaped buildings. Yeah. Yes, they're very, it's a very Italian building. Yeah. It's a pizza hands building. V for Verona. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. So the hotel was first opened in 1909. Nice. Ooh. Which is an old ass hotel for the Oh, nice. Oh, oh, nice. Um, and it opened, uh, so oh, they started nine, building it, and it to open for the Alaska Yukon Pacific Exposition. Oh, okay. Which Lots of words. Which is like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. yeah, what is that? Which is what I did. It's basically the World's Fair. Oh, oh so okay. So it was this for like huge, Seattle? big touristy attraction, which was going to bring a shit ton of people in. So they were like, we got to open this hotel before this fucking exposition. Yeah, we need places for people to go before the people come. Yeah, so they managed to open, like, they opened in, like, April, and the exposition was in, like, June. Oh, God. Like, they okay. just go. made it. Well, they haven't quite worked the kinks out, but look, it's better than sleeping on the ground at Woodstock. Yeah, I mean, they figured it out. No, and from Jump, it was like, it's always been, and it's still open to this day. You can go, you can stay there, and it seems to be a very nice hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, they they uh, tout themselves as a boutique hotel. It seems like oh. a rather big boutique hotel, yeah. but I think just because it's still independently owned and yeah. operated. Yeah. Nice. Um, so obviously it was very busy because the World's Fair started right fucking then. Yeah. Um, and so the building itself, it's, it's six stories with a, a, a seven story that's kind of only Decorative. half of the roof. Oh. Okay. You know, it, there's a restaurant up there. Oh, yeah. um, so the building looks six stories, but there's actually a seven story. It's just kind of only in the middle. It's just invisible. It's in. It's an invisible seven story. And that's um, the ghost. The ghost is a whole floor. End. That was our story. Great Did you like story. it? Great job. Yeah, the whole, it's a ghost of a building. Um, and from that, uh, first of all, it was the first... It was the first building in Seattle to put a restaurant on the top floor. Oh. So it was instantly very popular because from the top floor in the restaurant, you could see out to the shoreline. You could also see all the city views. You could see Starbucks. You could see all. Yeah. The 1909 version of Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all the coffee. Mm. 
And I feel like in 1909, seven stories is probably the tallest fucking thing around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like now, I'm sure you don't, Nin- you don't see anything. Yeah. In 1909, yeah. the number seven had just been invented. Yeah, <laughs> they just invented it. Well, they invented it in 1907. Yeah. Nope. And uh, yeah, now, they now were they, they were confused it. as to what year it was actually. That was <laughs> it was very difficult to live in older Everyone times. Everyone kept saying it was 190. Yeah, they were like, I don't know. Mm. Last year was 1908. I'm confused. I don't know. Um. So it was built by a clothier. Uh, so a cloth a, man. Yeah. A cloth man. It was built by clothman named Samuel Rosenberg. Okay. Um. And Samuel Rosenberg, whilst being a very successful clothier, um. And having enough money to build this giant fucking fancy hotel, he couldn't financially make it successful. Even though he asked though tons of people busy, came? I, I don't know why. Because then people bought it and had it for the next 50 years and seemed to do just fine at it. So I don't know why Samuel couldn't make it go. He was using it to like fund all of the fake profits that he was making or all the profits that he was making went right back into his nose. He was just using the hotel to fund Maybe. his his adventures in cocaine. Cocaina. Yeah. Cocaina. Um, he, I, I think he was making it too fancy. Oh. Oh, that's my, that's my only assumption is that it was so incredibly busy for the World's Fair and then it sort of frittered off and then he was like making it too fancy to upkeep it for a day to day hotel. I think that's my guess, but I don't know. But so literally like a year and a half after it opened, he didn't even sell it. He traded it oh. to another family. So they for a were, case he, of beer. Yeah, for, for some cocaina. Yeah. No, he traded it to uh, another family who gave him 240 acres in the Rogue River Valley of an orchard, a pear orchard. Yes. Mm. So he traded the um, the hotel for a pear orchard and then the family owned the hotel for a long ass time. It was fine. And then him and his sons, um, David and Harry, ran this orchard for years and years. And it's actually still exists to this day. It's incredibly famous. It's Harry and David Pears. Yep. When I saw that, I was like, Oh shit, that's so cool. He traded his should hotel that, and should, then got it like got it? Yep. Harry and David yeah. uh fancy pears. Should should yeah. that name mean something to me? They sell very fancy pear gift baskets. Like yeah. they sell you four pears in a basket for forty five dollars. Jesus. Yeah. Is and the basket real do, nice like, or like what's the deal here? Stuff? It's a nice basket. Is <laughs> it worth nice. the money? It's, no. It's a good basket. It's you a good basket. Is it like a you could repurpose? Is it, it. like a forty two dollar basket because pears are not that expensive no these are the fanciest of fancy pears yeah. like this is the kind of gift your office gets from a very high paying client at christmas time yep mm. that's the one that's the only time i've ever had harry the only time David's i've ever pear. seen harry and david like the gift boxes yeah at christmas time yeah okay christmas time corporate gifts valentine's day like yeah yeah but that's what harry and david is but it's so funny because he couldn't make the hotel work but he was really successful in the clothing industry. And then arguably his sons are what made the yeah. pear orchard. Because he he was making a go of it, but they made it fucking fancy yeah. and famous. Um, but yeah, Father, so what sons. if we made the pears fancy? Well, what if we had fancy pears, papa? He's like, You're on no, your own, kiddo. Kids, nobody's going to spend $45 for four friggin' pears. I oh. beg to differ, Papa. Oh, Samuel, if only you knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then they, they, it stayed pretty much exactly as it was. And then in 1933, they did the first like big remodel. And even though the hotel is not, it doesn't seem to have any, like historical landmark status or anything. Mm. But every change they've done, they've never changed the facade. They've never changed the outside or any of those domed and arched doors and windows. Hey man, if so it ain't it, broke, don't fuck it. So even though, even in the 30s, when it was only 25 years old or whatever, mm-hmm. they still were like, no, this is historically significant and they didn't change the outside. Wow. Yeah. So they redid it in 33 and then they redid it again in the 80s. In the in like 1980, it got new ownership and then they did a whole big revampy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still looks like their website has pictures of the hotel like original opening day pictures and the exterior looks pretty fucking the same wow which is crazy neat um so the hotel is well known as a haunted hotel they lean into it themselves um but lots of people talk about how it's like the most haunted hotel in seattle including um so there's lots of people who've stayed there and had little ghost stories but one that i found was um the actress Ellie Kemper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Which, if you guys don't know who she is, she was uh, Aaron, the receptionist from The Office. She's also Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That's oh. who Amber is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she was doing an interview on Ellen, and she talked about how when she was shooting some project, she stayed at the Sorrento for weeks, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's haunted. Oh, awesome. And then she tells Ellen about her haunted experiences there. And I will just say this. I don't know why people like Ellen. She's mean. Really? She's uninvested in this conversation. She's kind of dismissive towards Ellie, who's like super cute and just trying to tell her story. Yeah. Like she's everyone, got a very bubbly everyone, personality and I think at this point everyone knows Ellen is a bitch. If you don't, it's like the worst kept secret in Hollywood. Ellen oh, is she's a bitch. bitch. Yeah. Um, but she's not that nice in this interview that I watched. Ugh. Um, but anyway, so Ellie's story just to like quick recap of it so she's seeing their first shoot and the very first she's seeing on the sixth floor so the only thing above her is that like dining hotel yeah uh, restaurant the dining, dining hotel restaurant yeah it's like a oh it's like half ballroom too oh now um, so does the, the floor only- spin so that you get a full 360 view of seattle i don't think so. another 360 mm, well um, i'm not so going she- to eat there okay uh, so she's Noted. sitting on the sixth floor. The ballroom is uh, above her. And she's like, I was trying to go to bed. And there was like an event happening. Like you could hear like the muffled music. There was like footsteps of like people dancing. Then they were like moving tables at one point. And at like, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, I was finally like, I have an early call time tomorrow. I, like I need them to be quiet. So she called down to the front desk to be like, can you tell me what time this is going to wrap up? Like I have to go to sleep. And they were like, that room is vacant. There's no one in that room. Oh, fuck. You might want to just go up and be like, excuse me, ghost. There was a ghost, ghost dance party. party. Ghost yes. old timey dance party. I'm jealous that I'm and not dead that like, I could go. Oh, shit. It's so a dead man's was, party. Yeah, who could ask for more? Everybody, um, come and leave your body at the door. You just leave your body and soul at the door. <laughs> God damn, we've done that it's joke before. And every time um, I love it. So she then is like, okay, that was fucking weird. Yeah. And she goes to sleep and she's awoken about two hours later by the sound of someone who seems to be laying in the bed next to her. No. Just whistling. Buddy? Nope. I was hoping, what I was hoping for is that she was awoken to the sound of goats just heaving their drunk guts out from the party (laughs) out in the hallway. Just like, just a a ghost in the hallway just being like, fucking taco. Hell yeah. You know what, you bitches? Yeah, this is a great party, bitches. Yeah. Um, So, and then she was like, I had a lot more experiences in the times that she stayed there for weeks. Yeah. She's like, yeah, and you basically, you just get used to it. You're like, yeah, there's just ghosts here. But she said she was never afraid of them she was never scared like even when there was someone whistling in bed next to her i've been like, scared she said it didn't startle me and it didn't seem like there was no person so she wasn't scared she was like it was fine it was just a ghost you, it's, like, it's just a ghost whistling take i mean like nope shush you don't whistle when you're pissed off yeah um she said it's just the kind of song because ellen was like what were they whistling and she was like oh it's just like something you would like whistle on your way to work and there's like Oh my and god! I was like, "You're so cute." I imagine Ellie Kemper just walking to work, whistling on her way. Oh, you know she does it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, uh, so so this was Ellie Kemper's story, which I just thought was funny. There's an Ellen clip on YouTube; you can watch it. Um, but that's not the most famous ghost to come out no. of the hotel. Sorrento. There was one very famous ghost, mm-hmm. um, and that is the ghost of Alice B. Toklas. Uh, yeah, that's how I T O K T O K L A S Toklas. Yep. Um, so Alice B. Toklas was born in San Francisco in 1877. We're going to get a little biography on this woman. Yes. Because she's a, she's a woman more people should know about. So we're going to yeah. learn about her. Yes. Because women are important. Yeah. Mm. So she what? Was, Don't how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> um, she was born in San Francisco in 1877. Um, she's from a large uh, Polish Jewish family. Yep. Um, her a lot of pierogies. How cute is that? She's just a happy little little Jewish mouse, just Aww. singing to the moon. <laughs> um, so, in nineteen, you know, in eighteen ninety, her family moved from San Francisco to Seattle. So she's like a preteen at this mm-hmm. point. Um, her father runs a dry goods store, which becomes the biggest dry goods store in San, in Seattle. Seattle. So her family is working class but well off. Mm-hmm. 
Um, her family moves into the First Hill neighborhood, so she lives in the same neighborhood the Sorrento Hotel is in. Um, and she was there all through high school. She eventually went to college there. She studied music at the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she was then, a pianist. Yeah, she's a pianist. Yes. Nice. And then her family moved back to San Francisco. Pretty quickly after that, her mom died. And then the San Francisco earthquake happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was like, fuck this noise. And she moved to Paris. I mean, look, it's what I would do. Smart My mom move. died. There's a huge earthquake. Fuck it. I'm going to France. Yeah, so she fucks off and moves to Paris. Her second day in Paris, she meets the love of her life, the partner that she will spend the rest of her partner's days with, Miss mm-hmm. Gertrude Stein. That's right. Oh! Um, so they immediately, like, fall in love. They intertwine their lives together. They become partners in, like, every every way that that word works. Intertwine um, their legs like scissors. They do. They scissor so hard. So hard. Yes! So frequently. But they also, like... They they open their apartment up to a bunch of other artists. And, like, I was, have, like, I was like, what the fuck are they opening while they're scissoring? Oh no, uh, they're buttholes. No, not this Booze is not a scissor Bruce show. This is a beautiful love. Stop making it awful. Beautiful loves can also involve scissoring. You are very close-minded. No, I think beautiful love often involves scissoring. I don't yes, the way you get mad. It can involve scissoring in front of other people. I don't think that's its main reason for existence. I didn't say it was. It's weird that you thought that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so they, uh, while, so Gertrude obviously takes care of them because she's a very successful writer. And Alice starts doing like all of the like editing of her works. Mm-hmm. Like she starts editing the stuff before it goes to Gertrude's actual editor. Um, so she sort of is like the woman behind the woman that is Gertrude Stein. Um, and the and editor's she, like, I, I don't have anything to do. This is incredible. I don't even work yeah. anymore. And they have these like Collect parties, money. like these intellectual salons and stuff all the time. Oh. And, and um, Alice makes all the food because she loves to cook and bake. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're like patrons of the arts. They give a bunch of money to like starving artists and stuff. Um, and then someone um, like actually said that like Alice had a much bigger influence on this whole Paris scene than she ever gets credit for because she was always in the background, but she was happy back there. So this other famous uh, writer from the time said, um, she doesn't look at you, but looks up at you. She was always standing just a half step outside the circle. Oh. So, but but that's where she seemed to be happy. She was happy being the one behind the scenes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and she, no one really ever knows who she is until Gertrude Stein publishes her autobiography, which she calls the autobiography of Alice B. Toklas. Yep. Um, so because she's like, my life is her life. It's so Aww. sweet. Um, they spent 40 wonderful years together. And then Gertrude dies and left in her will, left everything to Alice because they're partners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but because their relationship is not legally recognized by France, the family is able to sue to try and take all of her money and estate. And like Ugh. they had a bunch of Picassos and stuff they'd collected over Ugh. the years. Gross. And the family wins and fucking gets all of it. And at one point, like Gertrude still or uh, Alice is still living in her and Gertrude's apartment that they've lived in for forty fucking years. Yep. And she goes on vacation at some point, and the family comes in, takes everything out of it, and has the locks changed. And what? Alice is like, "What the fuck? Like you've known me for forty fucking years? Yeah. Like it's, it's really ridiculous." It's some- because these it's do some sound huge like huge bullshit. All, all of my scissoring jokes aside, these do sound like lovely people who like were very influential in in the yeah. area. And they were like they they weren't trying to be like it wasn't I, I mean, like a Roosevelt thing where they were like, oh, she's my special lady friend. They were right. like, no, no, we're lovers. Yeah. yeah, we're in a partnership. Like every it was it was one of those where like yes, it's no secret we're together. Yeah. Well, and they weren't even trying to be like, oh, are they maybe lesbian? Yes, no. we're lesbian. Yeah, 100% we're, we're lesbian, lesbian lovers. We're fucking awesome ass lesbian lovers, patrons of the arts. I love a patron of the arts. Please pick yeah. up Way of X uh, comic book available uh, April 21st. Uh, yeah, do it. Plug your shit, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so then she like doesn't have a lot of money and she's like relying on a lot of their wealthy, famous friends. Yeah. So then she decides to publish a cookbook because she did all this cooking and baking. Yeah. And this cookbook includes the recipe for hachika fudge, which is arguably the first recorded recipe for pot brownies. Pot brownies! Because she's a marijuana enthusiast. (laughs) 
Um, Wait, so like they were just sp- hanging out in fucking France, getting stoned, having parties and shit? Yeah. yeah. And, Dude. and being amazing lesbian lovers. Yeah. She was the first person who was like, I'm going to take this idea that probably everybody does where you put your weed into your batter and well, you bake she, it and nom nom it. She, she actually claims it's like a recipe from a friend of theirs and she credits the friend. Oh, it's good. just the first time it's actually been Published. written down. There's also weird fruit in them, which is odd. And she calls it fudge, but they're 100% pop right Oh, yeah. No. Weed brownies, um, man. This is phenomenal. Yeah. So then um, about 10 years passed. Where do you think she got the last of- name? Tokeless. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, she has a lot of <laughs> money troubles. Then she starts to have some health troubles. And about 10 years after Gertrude passes, she dies in poverty. Ugh. Um, Thanks, Gertrude's bitch family. So much so that when Gertrude died, they bought the plot next to hers so that they could be buried together. So she's buried next to Gertrude, but her estate had no money to give her a big headstone. So her name is engraved on the back of Gertrude's headstone. Oh, man. Which is like sad because Gertrude Stein left a bunch of fucking money. Yeah. Um. And but it's also kind of like she was the woman behind the woman. It's kind of sweet that they're together. Yeah. But it's also super fucked up. Yeah. I shame on that family, man. I hope they like lost it all in some bad business deal. Yeah. Assholes. It's, pr- it's pretty fucked up that they just hundred percent screwed her screwed over her. for money. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um. A America. Yeah. Uh, so the ghost of of Alice haunts the Sorrento Hotel. Here's why that's odd. Y- yep. She only lived in Seattle for, I don't know, 15 years. Yep. And during those 15 years, the Sorrento was not built yet. No. There was no, she's like, there was no hotel. Yeah, but it's no, like a it, cool ass hotel that maybe awesome enlightened French people would hang out in, right? Yes. So See the that? hotel was the hotel was built about 10 years after she left Seattle, but it is, uh, some people say it's across the street from her old house, but pretty much everyone agrees it's definitely in the neighborhood she grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hotel, and specifically the bar restaurant at the hotel, is like a cool hip happening place to be. So maybe that's why her ghost went there when she died, because it's just a fun place to hang out. Well, like, and when in that neighborhood, she was... Ha- probably arguably maybe at around her happiest her mom was still alive and everything was that she was very close to her mom yeah i mean because everything in paris got so convoluted after gertrude died so maybe that those were happier times yeah exactly um so people say that she um she wanders around the hallways at night Mm -hmm. and this is like full body apparition the only reason they know that it's the ghost of alice is because so many people have seen her and can see her face and look at a photo and be like, that is that woman. She, like, she's so a little she's, mustachioed ghost. Yeah, she's here. She's a little bit. She's got a little mustache. But she's a full body apparition. And so she wears a white dress, sometimes a white dress and a black shawl. And lots of times hotel guests, the only reason they took note of her is they were like, she's just a small, like, like unnotice, unnoticeable woman, really. Except as she walks down the hallways, the lights flicker as she passes them. Whoa. Ooh. Which is why people would take note of her and then they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a ghost. But they thought she looked just like a normal person. Dang. Um, She's got the power over the light. Yeah. She's and absorbing she knows- their energies. <gasps> yeah. So the two places she likes to hang out the most, the first one is on the fourth floor. She likes the fourth floor the best. I don't know why. Specifically also room 408. She's in more than any of the other mm. rooms. I feel like there's a missing 420. Yeah, I was going to say, she should have been in Maybe. room 420, dumbass. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um, but she... Well, they, I, I uh, get so it was older times. They hadn't gotten to 420 I was like, I don't think they had a... Pol- it wasn't illegal at that point. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it, um, maybe it was 408 in some weird law. Maybe in France. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, uh, I don't know how law. to say 408 in French, but just, hey, fr- for, for, oh, hey, hey, French listeners, <laughs> let us know. How do you guys talk about weed? <laughs> I can't. Um, so she she hangs out. In the, she walks in the hallways, makes the lights flicker. She sometimes shows up in room 408, sometimes as herself, just mm-hmm. hanging out. And sometimes she just like moves shit around, turns the lights off and on, opens and closes doors. Never in a... She's not trying to be mean and scary. She's just like playing little practical jokes on people, you know? Just looking around. Moving, moving stuff. Trying to facilitate that party. Yeah. So the <laughs> other place that they see her is at the bars, at that seventh floor uh, restaurant slash bar, which Don't is called... Her the Dunbar room. Don't mm. blame her. So she likes to hang out up there um, because the bar, and she doesn't hang out in the restaurant. She hangs out in the bar of the restaurant. Hell girl. yeah. At a girl. 
Um, and they say that they can always tell when she's around because um, she takes people's drinks and like moves them to the other side of the table. Like you'll go to grab for your drink and it's like on the other side of you. She's, she's like, just like moving. Or it's like sometimes the bartender will turn around and she'll like turn the tap on, but then turn it back off again immediately. Like she's not trying to cause mischief. She's just playing little funny jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they also sometimes hotel guests on the sixth floor will complain about uh, someone very late into the night playing the piano. Oh. oh. Um, and the hotel super leans into it. They lean into the fact that Alice is there, even mm-hmm. though no one knows quite why Alice picked that hotel. Um, and she's at the bar so much that they eventually named a drink after her. Oh, yay. Um, and the drink is a it's a cocktail made with um, absinthe, elderflower extract, chamomile, honey and lemon juice. I mean, okay. minus the absinthe. That sounds really good. Yeah. I mean, it sounds uh, it's apparently based on one of the recipes in her cookbooks. Oh, OK. Uh, she eventually published a couple of cookbooks. Um, and the they used to in the in the before they used to do an event every October where they would do a price fix dinner mm-hmm. with a full five course dinner, all made from recipes from Alice's cookbooks. Oh, awesome! Oh. Followed by a tour of the hotel and like the history of Alice and like where she shows up in the hotel. So like oh. a very Alice specific ghost tour. You That's can get awesome. anything you want at Alice's restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, That's for my so, Arlo Guthrie fans out there. <laughs> very very niche comedy like on the show four today. Of them. Well, if you appreciated it, send us an email, boozebrewspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is the Haunted Sorrento Hotel. Yay. Oh, I really and like the that. The ghost of Alice V. Toklas, who's just hanging out there, and a woman that more people should know about. Yes. I agree. I really, really like that story. Hey, stick around, and we'll tell you about more ghosts. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what this future holds. What a What a mystery. Hey everybody, it's your old pal, Engineer Bob. When I'm not in Italian hotels, I'm scissoring. Hey, thanks so much, everybody, for not submitting iTunes reviews. You know what? You should do it. I, you don't think I can see how many people are downloading the show? I know you're out there, and I know you haven't submitted a review. Do it. iTunes, five stars, tell us we're great. Also, patreon.com slash boozebrews. Audio episodes, video episodes, show sketches I do. What an incredible value. Send us your money. We might send you uh, send you our underpants for $5,000. Also, social media websites. We got them. You got them. Come talk to us. We're really great people. We got an Instagram at... Booze and Brews Podcast. A Facebook at... Booze and Brews. And a Twitter at... Booze and Brews. All right, that's enough for me. Now back to the show. Two, three, go. Are you now ready? Ready for the story? Am I ready for the story? I'm the I, dos, I'm, no, a, I'm the hotel. Three, two, three, four. I can count to four. Incredible. I'm. Who can do it? Only you. Amazing. Pretty. The French can't even do it. She said tweet. It's not. A, you're making bird sounds. It's not even a real language. <laughs> Ten in French because of the soundtrack to Hamilton. Jesus. Gross. Well, I can count to four in <laughs> French because of an electric six song. Um. Anyway. And that's all house. you need to know. That's all you How need to know. You. So anyway, so for my haunted Seattle, I uh, opted for not Seattle. So I'm going to tell you about because it's my show. God damn it! Did you whatever that means to you? Yeah. What, yeah, what does Seattle mean to you? So I'm going to tell you about. Billy's Bar and Grill. Where is this located? So Billy's Bar and Grill is located in the hometown of Mr. Stupid and Contagious himself, Kurt Cobain. Aberdeen, Washington. In Aberdeen, Washington. I first I thought, oh my gosh, that's great. It's going to be a suburb of Seattle. No, it's fucking 200 miles away. Yeah. It is not even close. I mean, that it, depending on how rural the area is, that could be a suburb. That, it's Exactly. I, I, it's pretty dumpy from what I've seen. Yeah, it's not great. A lot of, lot of drug addicts um, and poor people, fairness, I think. I did think about doing a story out of Portland because in my head, Seattle and Portland are the same place. So <laughs> don't tell people from Seattle and yeah. Portland that. I or feel like Portland that. I understand. But in my head, they're the same. Yeah, I mean. Rainy, the, artsy, it, Pacific Coast. I get they, it. They as are somebody, super duper not the same as somebody who's been to both. No, they're definitely the, the same, same As a worldly man who's traveled to both in order to sell pictures to dorks, I can tell you that in fact... The dorks in Seattle are very different from the, the dorks, dorks in Portland. They really kind of are. They actually are. Um, so anyway, I am going to be in Aberdeen, Washington at, you guessed it, 
a bar and grill. Great. So it's not just a clever name. Love it. So situated on Heron Street near the Jack in the Box and <laughs> Roman Street and Suture and Sons Star Wars shop. Oh my God. A whole sto- shop of Star Wars? Yeah. I kind of want to go to the Star Wars shop. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. It's, it's kind of in the mainer drag part of Aberdeen if there I is like such a thing Aberdeen has enough of a of a business thoroughfare to support a Star Wars exclusive shop yeah by a man and his sons oh it's a family it's business a family dork business I love it so the building which houses this haunted eatery was built in 1904 and oh. was uh, oh yeah and was oh. home to the red cross pharmacy until 1933 oh so it is on heroin street yep hmm. yep uh and in 1933 it became evans drugs so we're sticking in the the good good drugs family yep. the heroin family compounding the cocaine that's right and they gave out the good good shit until the early 1940s when the building began in earnest its booze related ways it's bar okay. and tavern. I, I, I was so hung up on the Star Wars store. I was like, oh, the Star Wars store used to be. No, the Star Wars <laughs> no. store sadly is like across the street and no. like down a ways. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. If is the, the, Star, Wars is the Star, Star Wars store haunted? It's Star Wars store adjacent, Bob. That's the best we can it's do It's haunted you. with the ghost of Luke Skywalker. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to Google and see if the Star Wars store is haunted. Oh, boy. Okay. So from 1944 to 1979, the building was called Derby Tavern. And in 1979, a man named Sonny Bridges bought the tavern and renamed it Billy's uh, Bar and Grill after Aberdeen's second most famous resident and serial killer, Billy Gull. And Gull like, is almost you- Grohl, which is Dave Grohl, who's the drummer of Nirvana. I'm almost there. There we go. Um, hey, well wait, done. Thank you. What, what year was this? Uh, this is in the early 1900s when Billy Gull had his day no 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 when did it become billy's bar and grill oh 1979 okay so at the time he was the most famous resident of aberdeen that is correct kurt cobain was just a young man at that point in high school i believe just itty bitty grungy baby that's right he was learning to play the guitar grunge baby mm-hmm. thinking about school, all the heroin showering, smelling awful having all kinds of teen angst yep thinking about all the heroin he's gonna do later in his oh life oh my god he's so excited about that heroin was he really in high school in the 70s he was born in 1967 yes he was born in old? 67 yeah I know. They would be old people. They're old people now yeah I mean I know what Steven Tyler looks like now so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know the old lesbian woman Steven Tyler turned into, so. Yeah, wait, in 1979, he was like 12. Holy shit. That's weird oh to think. Oh, my God. It's he weird was to in think. middle school. It's so weird. So weird. Anyway, um, yes, now I'm going to give you a little backstory about Aberdeen's serial killer. And he's a very prolific one at that. Um, oh, I'm so excited. I'm Billy so excited Gull. you did a true crime story. I did. With a little bit of ghost in there. So William Billy Gull was a serial killer who would murder sailors passing through town. He was born sometime around he 18... loved dead semen. Loved. Mm. Loved strangling the semen out of the mm-hmm. semen. Loved to choke that semen out. Just choke it. Oh, skeet, skeet. Sometimes, see, some, see. sometimes he wouldn't back away fast enough and he'd get all in his hair and on his glasses. Yeah, yeah. it was weird. Sometimes he'd choke that semen out four or five times a night. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he did it. He How does he have this a lot of stamina. No refractory period for this boy. Just yeah. just choking all day and all night. So Billy was born sometime around 1860, uh, and he was born in Germany. And he worked as a laborer and a sailor in his young adult life. And after a, going a, a, a sabler, so it's semen on semen crime. This is semen on. We semen don't talk crime. about it. It's rarely spoken about, but today I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about some semen well, on semen crime. To talk about semen on semen crime. Look, but we're, we're in here. We're breaking the story now. Hard hitting facts about semen on semen crime. Booze and Bruce podcast. Hell yes. First women who fuck roller coasters, <laughs> and now semen, semen who- on semen action. You guys, we're really covering all Booze of and Bruce. Nice. <laughs> Um, So after going up to the Yukon in search of gold and failing miserably, Billy ventured back south and eventually found himself in Aberdeen. He was first employed as a bartender and later as a union official for the Sailors Union of the Pacific. That's an important note because that is actually how he committed all of his crimes. 
Um, he being was, a union man? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he was known as being a fairly brutal man. Uh, in 1905, during a waterfront strike, which I can only assume is some sort of seaman strike, I will not come out. No, not November. No, not November. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, he, Billy, was arrested for, quote, assembling men under arms. So he, like, got a bunch of dudes together with guns and attacked. To choke all that semen out. To choke that semen in mass. To choke that semen in mass. Trying to fucking seize the means of production. Fuck yeah. He attacked the ship fearless, uh, throwing gasoline on it and kidnapping members of the non-union crew and selling them to people. Selling them? Like, Shanghai. shanghai them. He shanghai them, yes. Yeah, so that's what he did. So he was a union man. So any non-union sailor that came in, he would try to fuck up and he would Shanghai them. Hell yeah, get rid of the scabs. Um, What's up? So in this case, he did it to an extreme into a whole ship. Overstock. Yeah, got arrested. Threatened to burn the thing down. Was arrested. Released on like twelve hundred dollars bail. See, even the cops didn't think it was a big deal. (laughs) Twelve hundred dollars is a nineteen oh five. Yeah, that's a lot of money back then. It's not that much. It's not. Um, look it up. All right, thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, f- forcing labor, though, was not enough for old Billy G. Uh, he had a much deeper thirst for blood and money specifically. Less blood, more money. He had a thirst for semen? He had a thirst blood? for semen and money. Okay. Semen's money. Se- <laughs> Bless you. So Bless you. Semen on the money. Um, anyway, so he used his position as a union officer um, as a perfect cover. 35 grand. 35 grand. That's a lot of money. That's not that much. 35 grand. We're just Who, about. How many people are just able to be like, here's 35 grand. Let me add a That's like a mid-sized car. You really only need to post 10% of it, though. That's, yeah. I mean, true. From what I know from listening to podcasts about the prison system. <laughs> no, it's, it's <laughs> accurate. I've never had to bail someone out of jail. No, yeah. I'm it's a very accurate. privileged white woman. I've never As, had to do that. I've taken a lot of classes on a, criminal law. Okay, lot one. I've taken one class on criminal law, and I can confirm. Bail is That's like 10%. one barrel of fish off of that boat that he threw gasoline on. That's not even a yeah, big but deal. He, but no, you can't sell it for that now. It's covered in gasoline. Yeah. Only the boat, not the fish. Oh, you know what? He used the money that he got from the dude that he just shanghai. Oh, he used it for his people money. Yes. His people. This dude was rolling in it. He's fine. Anyway, so in those days, the union office served as a mail drop bank and employment office all rolled into one for and bait shop. the cement. So a lot of uh, new sailors would arrive in town, go to the union shop, drop off their money and other valuables valuables before going out drinking. They're trying to be responsible. I'm going to lock up all my stuff. I'm yeah. going to keep it here. Maybe cash a check. Put your, uh, you know, safe put your buggy box, whip in the, whatever, in the bowl whatever. so that you don't go before, out and irresponsibly ride yeah, your buggy around. You. He was like, this is definitely turning into the hangover and I want my wallet locked up. <laughs> yes. And so and then they would go out drinking and then they wouldn't if they were robbed, they weren't robbed of anything. Um, or they got into a fight, etc. Unless et they got shanghaied. Unless they did. But in which case, that's not yeah, a problem. Yeah, should have joined the union. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Billy wanted their wares that they brought in. So when the sailors would show up at the union office and ask for their goods or, you know, to pick them back up at the end of the night, Billy would check to see if anyone was around. And if not, he would shoot, strangle, or beat the sailor to death and take all of his stuff. Beat that semen out. Beat that yeah, semen. Yeah, beat it. Um, but what of the body? What was he going to do with this obviously dead person? In, right in the water. In the union office. Yeah, throw in the water. He had an answer to that as well. Uh, he built Pickle a brine. he built a trap door with a chute extending from his office into the Wishka River. So yeah, he would just right like... Right in the water. Semen chute down into the water. He just built himself a semen chute. He built himself a semen chute. Blast that... Yeah. Um, and bodies Blast those foamy semen out into the water into the water so bodies would during this time uh, bodies would eventually wash up on shore but the police officers wouldn't know who they are because they would have no identification on them mm-hmm. they would have nothing they would just be like well it's probably a drunken idiot sailor coming in and he yeah, just and fell into the river and died they're like transient they're not based in anywhere in washington mm-hmm. yep so it was an easy enough cover and billy at one point even got into like face of law enforcement was like why are all these dead people showing up on my on my rivers like why aren't you doing more to protect us and it's like you motherfucker i love it because uh, you'd never cast your 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 eye at that man because he's concerned exactly. about these murders exactly Between- whoever smells it dealt it 
That is also true. Between uh, did they 19- have that ter- that saying back in the 1900s? I assume. I assume that's like ancient Greek, right? <laughs> he, Whoever smelt it, dealt it. If thou smelt it, thou dealt it. Yeah. Uh, that's a Pennsylvania Dutch saying. Ah, yes. So between Real motorcycle. I, is that loud today? Asshole. So between 1905 and 1910, cops pulled 41 bodies out of the river. Wait, that's is a that lot a 10-year stretch? Five. Five years, he killed 41 people. That they found. That they yeah. found, yes. Well, I mean, let's assume two of those just fell in the river. Right. Yeah. That's still... Not every not man. all his. Right, but he's definitely reached prolific serial killer status at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at the point where you have built a semen shoot in your office, you're probably planning on being pretty prolific. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, he so, invented accoutrement to help him with yeah. his deeds. Um, and the end to Billy's murder spree would come in late 1909, early 1910, when he was arrested for the murders of Charles Hatberg and John Hoffman. I thought he was going to be arrested for something like super stupid, like jaywalking or something. And so then it was like tax evasion. Yeah, tax Actually, evasion. So it's yes and no, yes and no. So oh. I will tell you what happened. So um, each of these men were shot twice in the back of the head and thrown in the river, but not the Wishka River. They were dumped elsewhere. Mm. Um, there, these weren't anonymous. Nobody sailors. walked up and down the fucking Wishka River looking for a hole. <laughs> like nobody saw like a gully that led up to this dude's office. No one saw the shoot. No. <laughs> what, what's his last name again? Uh, Gold G O H L. Okay. Um. Yeah, so these men, though, weren't anonymous sailors. They were dudes from town. Like, people knew them. Um, And they were friends of, well, if you want to call them that, of Billy Gull. So they, what happened here was, these two gentlemen helped Billy commit another crime for which he was arrested for. So Billy, much like Al Capone, was arrested for, like, a minor theft of mm-hmm. um, like an auto part and he was so incensed he was like all right why would i steal that blah 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 yeah i'm a rich so during man during the investigation of this crime billy had his friend charles hatberg set say you tell the cops that you bought this piece at a uh pawn shop and you gave it to me that's how it was in my possession and so charles hatberg being the scaredy cat that he is wouldn't you be he is got yeah a i mean do you want to be killed and thrown into the Wishka river no no. So anyway, so Charles no, Hatberg don't want that. was like, all right, bad. all right, I'll do it. So uh, Hatberg told the cops, no, I bought this at a pawn shop. I gave it to him. That's how he had it in his possession. He did not steal it. So he kind of got away with the theft. Um, but then Billy is a paranoid man. And so when word got around that Charles Hatberg was seen maybe talking to a sheriff's deputy, uh, Billy was like, now he's got to go. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. He looped in his buddy, John Hoffman, and another man to help him out. You got to stop looping in these people because there's more people you got to kill. Yeah, he got he double crossed his double crosser. Exactly. Yeah. So they took him down to the Indian Creek and they shot him twice in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. They tied a 50 pound anchor to his foot and threw him in the river or okay. the creek. Um, Pretty smart. And then a couple days later, uh, cleaning up his tracks, no, no, no witnesses left behind. Uh, Billy murdered with the help of another man who was uh, he murdered John Hoffman in much the same fashion. Oh, dead men tell no tales, motherfucker. Yep. Yeah. So what saved? He's this- like he's killing two people, two people with him, and then you gotta hire one guy to kill two people, and then you just use the, yourself to kill the last guy. Yes. So what happened with the last guy was instead of he was invited to go for a walk with old billy but this guy's like i know what's about to happen i know this guy's deal no thank you he got on a ship and he actually like went to work and the ship went down to mexico and this dude was so afraid he was going to stay in mexico but the captain of the ship he was on got word from the sheriffs because they were starting to get a little suspicious of old billy goal here um they were like nope you cannot let him leave the ship so he came back and became a witness Mm. so um that's basically what happened so what got cops on the trail was one of the bartenders was like man i haven't seen old charlie hatberg around for a while and he's like well you won't because you'll find him at the bottom of the indian creek with a weight or an anchor tied on his feet or something like that who said that oh that was talking, billy man. he fucking can almost confess he's like well you're not Jesus gonna find Christ. him he's at the end. loose lips billy bottom of the indian creek yeah so the bartender was like oh he said something to the sheriff and the sheriff's like there feels like something there so they waited till tide was low and sure enough 
they found the body of Charlie L, old Charlie Hatberg with a 50-pound anchor tied to him, just like Billy said. So shockingly, Billy was arrested for What murder. an idiot. Yeah, he he brought himself down, man. Just shut your mouth. Just you did it to yourself, Billy. Just you your soul. Hubris. You're Icarus. You flew too close to the sun. Yay, motherfucker. So anyway, Billy was arrested. Um, you, were, you were Icarus jacking off into the sun. <laughs> you were Icarus. You jacked off too close to the sun. Singed your ball hairs. Yep. Uh, and the testimony of the fourth man, the only one to survive, sealed the deal. Um, and Billy was convicted of Icarus. He was convicted of the two murders. I'm glad that landed. It took a minute, but I'm glad it Very landed. good. And was sentenced to life in prison. He died in jail in 1929, or sorry, 1927, of a combination of pneumonia, a skin infection, Pizza and, Hut, and Taco Bell, and dementia paralytic caused by syphilis. Oh, Ooh. do we think his murder spree was a result of his syphilis? No. Oh, okay. Just checking. You no, go he nuts. Was, no, he was just he got a, brain worms. He was just a murderous man because of the brain worms. Uh, no, probably because of his greed. Is that based on anything? You're just saying that. I'm just gonna say it. Well, I'm going to say it's because of the syphilis brain worms. You don't know. I don't know when he contracted syphilis. Why don't you go ask his ghost? Go I will. Go to Billy's right, Bar oh. and Grill. And let's go. Oh, is, is, can we do that? We I'm going to go into Billy's Bar and, Bill and, uh, bar and Grill in, in Aberdeen and go, Billy! Was it the syphilis? Billy! Um, I, I'm not 100% sure it's him. I was trying to Google and see. This feels very similar to an episode they just did on My Favorite Murder. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And where they're talking about, if not him, a very similar serial killer who is kind of doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And it turned out, like a new book came out recently, and it turned out that it was actually this crazy, like whitewashed version of history. Whoa. That a lot of it was created by these huge shipping magnates because he was such a pro-union labor guy. Oh. And they were trying to bust up the union, so they needed to get that person out of the way this might be it so they like started a smear campaign against him and then event like i'm sure he did some murders but right. like then they were i mean like, he still had five murders he still had the semen shoot let's not yeah. let's not i mean there's still a semen shoot in his office yeah yeah but it, it, it may not be him it may be i was trying to google but it didn't quickly come up and i know this wanna... also sounds right you might be you but might he, be he did it like yeah. yeah, so he maybe did like a couple of murders. He definitely the killed sh- the two that he was convicted of. Uh, but, yes, and, but, but then the shipping company was like, he killed 45, we have to get him off the streets, it's very dangerous. And then they were able to like try and break up those unions. Motherfuckers. There it is. There it is. So um, the real killer here is big business. The real killer here is capitalism. Ca- capitalism. <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> Fucking capitalism. <laughs> Uh, so while Billy's office was actually located down the street from the bar and grill, it is believed that he is the main ghost haunting Billy's bar and grill. Um, and from what I read, the former... I get it. They named the place after him. Yeah. Well, and everyone's like, well... He's like, it's my bar. Well, it's similar... And grill. To... And grill. It's similar to Alice. They're like, why would she choose to haunt this place? She's they never the been there. Because they the best grilled chicken sandwich and in Aberdeen. They think that Billy... Uh, apart from the best, you know, tater tots in all of Aberdeen. Yeah, the crispiest chicky nugs. Um, the old union office was torn down. This is the only building from the area that's still around. Oh, it looks familiar to him. Yes. Oh, that's funny. And he likes He's drinking. Like, I used to work there, but that building's gone. But then I used to, when I was too drunk to come to work, I used to piss on the back of this building in the morning. So I'll haunt this building instead. So I'm going to hang out here. This one's pretty sweet. Plus there's beer here now. Yeah, and he liked beer. All good Germans like beer. So I've heard. Um. Anyway, actual tales of stories. So they're not thick on the ground of like, oh, this all happened. But okay. patrons and ghost hunters alike will feel cold spots on like mm-hmm. various parts of their body, usually like their arms or their legs. And it'll just be like in a random spot of their arm. Like, dude, I got it'll chills. Just be like, my uh, left calf is cold. Yeah. My left calf yeah. is cold. And then they'll reach down and it'll be sticky. Gross. It'll have like some weird white ectoplasm substance. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like, oh, that's a semen, semen joke, you guys. Thanks, it's a babe. it's a joke about coming. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, babe. Yep. Is it? Wait, I didn't know. Hold on. Can we go back? See, we were making Is that what we're talking see, about with the semen? semen we weren't talking like, about sailors? Semen sounds like semen and they you know, that's a double entendre. <laughs> I, would you like me to continue to tell no, thank you the joke, you. Okay. No, thank you. Um, others. <laughs> Explain to me how semen works. <laughs> well. I feel like, yeah, no, you are in a oh, much better position. Seminal vesicles in the Shut prostate. Up. Oh, my God. Please do not explain to me how semen works. <laughs> Unless you want to 
to go on a magical journey of the fallopian tubes, then we're... Then no. no. Maybe. I don't know. No, give don't. It, this is fun and educational, kids. <laughs> Others have heard voices when no one's around or they'll hear items shift in other parts of the bar when it's empty. So during one of the ghost hunts that they've had there, they were doing an EVP session in one room. They asked some questions and then in another room, they heard like boxes or something move uh, across the floor. No oh, one else was in the spooky. bar with them. Spooky. Spooky. Um, and people have attributed all of this to Billy because... Um, of his love of moving boxes? He loved move boxes. No, no, no. It's because some uh, the apparitions that they see, mm-hmm. uh, they believe are one of the main apparitions they, they see, they believe to be Billy. Um, they also claim to see other sailors from the era. So like maybe some of the victims who fell in the river. Just some assorted semen. Yeah, just yeah. assorted semen. Just oh, splattered a, a on the wall. A cornucopia of semen. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought you were going to say like... A cornucopia full of semen. A cornucopia. <laughs> Of a potpourri. No, I, I thought you were going to say that, like, they see the apparition choking these other apparitions. Well, no. And so they've seen a man, like, very stern faced, angry, mustachioed man standing mm-hmm. behind the bar, and they have a picture of Billy mm-hmm. in the bar. And they're and like, it's super oh, duper him. Oh, it's him That's standing awesome. behind the bar. And he was also a bartender at one point, which oh. makes sense. Um, people, he also will throw glasses. Um, <laughs> fuck this. Yeah. So glasses guy is and, uh, so ragey are just like cat ghosts. Yeah. Cat yeah. ghosts just fly off of the walls and uh, go crushing to the ground. Um, and one of the ghost hunting groups that visited there actually caught a figure standing behind the bar. It was like a it did look to be a male figure on their thermal imaging camera, mm. which is pretty sweet because you do see an actual person sitting in one of the booths and you can see his thermal signature he's definitely warm he's got all the pinks and stuff of like there's heat attached to this body and then you he's look a hot ghost he's hot mm-hmm. he's a hot person and then you look at the bar and it's like a light green figure it's a little bit darker than the re- like the outline so you can see the outline of a person of a spooky cold person that yeah is creepy yeah it's, it's pretty i was like oh that's that pretty, is very creepy that's a pretty cool uh, piece of evidence they got there i don't like it Zach Baggins would have been very excited. Like oh my god, he would have screamed manifest himself yourself. so hard at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you know this is like I said other sailors and and stuff like that that they hear, but that's basically all I was able to find, but that hmm. is old Billy's Bar and Grill in Aberdeen, Washington. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. I like yeah. that story. Yeah. I was like, hey, true crime. Semi killer. Like ghost. named the bar after him and then he showed up to haunt it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, cool. check it out, man. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'm into uh, it. Which brings us to our beer. So, again, our beer is stupid and contagious. Yup. Um, From which the Brewyard Beer Company. Yeah, it's a West Coast double IPA. And I will say this for a double, it's only 8%. Yeah. Yeah. Which I appreciate because sometimes these doubles come in nine and a half, ten and a half percent. Yeah. Um, I got shit to do today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and it's 60 Eboos. Again, not a ton for a double. Mm-mm. No, it's just, it's just a little. I don't know. It's it's pretty nice. Like it's it's sort of it's sort of sweet. It's not like a massive mouth kick either. I don't know. It's like a very pleasant beer. Um, yeah, I would say it hits a little bit harder than a normal IPA. Yeah. But I would not drink, th- if you just handed this to me, I would think it was like a stone IPA and not think it's a double. That's it a really... like a normal IPA. It's yeah. a really good point, but it's it's uh, it's shockingly smooth to me um, for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it's really good. It's West Coast style, so it's cloudy. Mm-hmm. Got some juiciness to it. But Yours is? Like- oh, my, ours isn't. That's weird. Mine's very clear. Very juicy. Yeah. Huh. Weird. Interesting. Whatever. I don't know what that means. Um, I like it. I feel like this is a good... I tend to shy away from doubles just because... Yeah, I'm I do like too. Unless getting after it. Right. It's, I'm old and that feels like a lot to me. Yeah. Um, This one I love and I'm very happy to drink the whole can of myself. I really like it. Yeah, I don't remember... Do you- I was just going to ask Podcast Mom, do you like it? Because you tend not to like the milder IPAs. Um, I mean, this isn't obviously my favorite none of these are but yeah um i i did drink my whole little yeah, she glass fit, she, of it. she has one of those little taster glasses that we got from stone and well, it's empty a solid three ounces yeah, yeah. it's and it you're is, not angry about it no and it's so that's no, a ringing so endorsement is, is, as far as i'm concerned it's very yeah, i mean that's as good as it gets from podcast mom yeah it's it's pretty smooth it's not too it's like hoppy but not too hoppy like some of the other beers that we've had yeah. where i'm like no thank you um i don't 
I mean, I'm not going to drink more of it, but it's Don't not the it. worst that good. we've ever had. So, yeah. Fucking A. That's a, as ringing of an endorsement as you're going to get from yeah, me. Yeah, agreed. Well, hey, this is the part of the show where your old pal Bob gets to pick a winner. Guess what I love? Unions. What? You should collectively bargain to make sure that your uh, working conditions are improved. You know what else I love? Italian pizza buildings. <laughs> That's great. Oh, it's triangle-shaped. So Fucking pizzas are kind of triangle-shaped. That's great. Pie day. Oh you know what God. else I love? Seizing the means it of production. Pie day. Yeah. I love seizing the means of production. You should get them. Take them to your house. I don't care what you do with them once seize you get them. A, seize those semen productions. <laughs> oh, Shit, yeah. You know what else I love? Cool-ass lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> like I Alice and too. Gertrude. I they were really cool. Solid lesbian. You know what else I love? Semen. But you know what I love more than anything? Scissoring. Vanessa wins. Oh, yay. <laughs> Semen or scissoring. I'm happy the lesbians finally won one. Lesbians do tend to win on this show, though. Yeah. I will say that. Lesbians for the We're win. We're very pro-lesbian on this show. We're a pro-lesbian podcast. Yeah. We love the lesbians. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, well, uh, scissored happily for forty years. That's lovely. That, it really is beautiful. beautiful. I think they're very love cool people. Story. Yeah. Yeah. No, the I agree. Love is timeless. I agree. Oh, so <laughs> um. Anyway, thank you all very much. Your love is also timeless. So thank you so much for tuning. Yes. <laughs> please come back next week where we will yeah. talk about something. Yeah. We don't know what, but it will probably be booze. And uh, there will also be booze. And until then, cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Ooh. Scissor me. <laughs>